When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 86 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me via Zoom, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a new week. It's freaking beautiful outside. I got some of my honeydew list done. I got to do a little fishing. It's been good, man. Yeah, I saw you caught some fish. You're doing uh, doing pretty well on the old yakking for bass. Yeah, it, it was uh, the bite was on for a while, man. I got some... I got some smaller fish in there, but I got a full bag, so I'm cool with it. There you go. I got out tonight. I didn't catch a single fish, but we had to leave a little early to get jump on tonight. Uh, I, I feel like the bite was just going to start, I swear, and then I had to leave. That's, that's how it works, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I'm not used to fishing this early, so maybe I'm using June tactics in late May or mid-May, and it's not going to work the same. I don't know. No, you'll be fine. You just got to... You gotta find the bite, right? That's all. Yeah, well, you know, the guest that we're gonna have on here tonight, um, I was gonna hook up with his uh, property pond, we'll call it, but <laughs> apparently, uh, last minute, I had to make an audible and, and change plans to uh, a different pond, which is a very big hit or miss. It's kind of a trash pond, but there are big fish in it if you can find them. <laughs> I can it's dig that. So, I mean, I like small pond personally, but yes, sir. So yeah, I'm buddy, a fan myself. Other than catching fish and killing uh, turkeys, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Why don't we catch something we missed out on last week? Because we did not mention our partners. Because um, we work with some pretty amazing people. That we do. You want to kick us off? Yeah, man. I'm going to kick it off with Veteran Innovative Products, Matt and Cindy Fudere. They have some of the best broadheads on the market, guys. You really need to check them out. Even if you don't buy them, 
check them out because that's all you got to do. You just got to take a look at them, see some of the reviews, look at the results. You're just you're going to be sold. They are unbelievable. Combat veteran, I'm going to I'm going to swear by it. The best of both worlds, best combo broadhead out there by far. No worries of a mechanical, same efficiency of a fixed blade, fixed blade broadhead. Can't beat it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So there's something on ScreeGear.com I want to talk about because ScreeGear is something I've been wearing, just wearing the heck out of. But they just came out with a new mid, well, it would be early to mid-season Merino wool gloves. Did you see those yet? I did see those, and that looks freaking unreal. Wow. Man, I'm going to get my hands on those quite literally um, in no time here because they just look amazing. I have the uh, fingerless merino wool gloves. Love them. I can't imagine what a, a full hand glove with merino wool is going to be like. Yeah, man. Another thing that I'm excited about, they were kind of teasing and kind of asking the audience what they were kind of looking for. They're coming out with solid colors, which is something that I'm really interested in because a lot of the merino that I have already is solid colors, and I love it. And I have nothing against their camo patterns. I love their camo patterns. The Summit and the Solus are unbelievable. But, you know, sometimes you just want to rock some some pants that are like, you know, Coyote Brown or, or Olive or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they had some really, really nice colors too, by the way. Those solid colors they had were absolutely incredible looking. They were legit, I, I man. Went and, I went and voted for three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I couldn't. I mean, I could have voted for all colors, but the three were just like, and it was a clear hit throughout the whole feed as I was scrolling through those colors were just. Yeah, there were a couple that were really popular. I think it was pretty much a general consensus on that one. But guys, go out, check them out. Let them know that you've heard about them on us by maybe buying a little something using the code WDP20 for 20% off your first purchase. There you go. And if you're buying their for sale stuff, it's going to be super cheap. Just make sure you mention it to us or them. Let us know what you bought. That way we can, uh, you know, keep tabs on who's out there buying Scree gear and how you like it. Because I'd like to hear back from the people that use it. I know Sam just bought a whole bunch of stuff on there real cheap, uh, the last sale that they had. That's awesome, man. I can dig that. Yes, sir. And then, uh, you know, speaking of fishing, buddy, New Canoe. Yep. New Canoe, man. I... Are you getting the flint? Is that what you've decided? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with the flint. Um, there's a couple reasons behind it, but you know, one of the main reasons is the size and for what I'm gonna use it for. That's kind of like my main my main selling point. Um, but there are their whole lineup is like absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. They have the frontiers, the ten and the twelve. If you want to go something that's just super sturdy, uh, rock solid kayaks. The Flint, you have the Unlimited, which is what I I am still waiting on. I can't wait to get my butt on one of those, man. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And then uh, I think they had another, one other one as well. But you just check them out, man. Go to the New Canoe's uh, website, and you got to look at these boats. They are just unbelievable. For kayaks, they are top of the line. Yeah, totally agree, man. And you know, on the last note, there have been still, to this day, a ton of freaking turkeys dying from this ANF custom calls, man. You aren't kidding. Kyle just killed two today. Yeah. He killed one, and his uncle killed one today, and his grandfather missed one today. Just today alone, as we record this, three birds almost died. Two did die from the ANF custom calls. I mean, I've seen 10 birds go by the wayside 
Um, I mean, we're going to get into some stories here coming up that with our guest here that's on the line, patiently waiting for us to finish. He will attest, I believe, to the effectiveness of these calls. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, you already you already teased him. Let's get this guy on here. Who are we talking to today? <laughs> <laughs> the wizard. We're talking to the wizard. Where you at, man? Always makes me nervous whenever you say you're gonna introduce me and you just both start laughing simultaneously. <laughs> Dude, it's hard not to. These these podcasts and hanging out with you, they're always just like unbelievably funny, man. I mean it's not <laughs> Well, I yeah, appreciate so you guys got... being brave enough to bring me on. This is my third time now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're a good third guest. That's why fun. you come back on. Yeah, I had my uh what was my last episode? I reserved that one like early on there. It's kind of a little quicker turnaround, but I lot's happened i guess since actually uh, really a lot's happened since the last time i talked to you guys on here yeah dude yeah dude episode 69 <laughs> yeah what, what, what did you say we were on 86 no <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that one was a little more i guess depressing after previous spring kind of uh kind of in the middle of a well i guess the tail end of like the roller coaster here because it's been the last two months have been absolutely freaking insane uh, chucky's been with me for a majority of it but it's been it, from my memory the biggest year i've ever had turkey hunting by far yeah i agree same here i've had the biggest year this year than any other one in the past and i thought last year was an unbelievable year i had you know two birds in two different states and there's no way i could beat that and a bunch of other guys killed them in front of me and then this year happened it was like unbelievable man just from the start to, to now, I mean, we're not even halfway through our season. And like I said, I think uh, it's either nine or ten birds that I've been a part of so far. Yeah, and that's three different states as well. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, man, we still got I two mean, weeks to go. Yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> jokingly <laughs> saying it's like we almost seem like we know what the hell we're doing. But, I mean, between yeah. uh, when we went down to Oklahoma, what happened down there was insane. I don't know if I'm allowed to even talk about it right now. But then coming back and then. I mean, opening day, me and you freaking got it done before freaking the sun was even, you know, fully over the mountains there. I mean, I think we looked at the clock and it said, you said 624 or something on the video. And I had one on the ground there. So, I mean, it's, yeah, that's the first time yeah. I ever got one on the first day. And the, definitely the earliest I've ever gotten one. It was wild. Yeah, that uh, roosted and roasted, you know, a lot of times you'll see roosted but not roasted. Well, this year it's been quite the opposite. When we've roosted them, birds have died. Um, and even yeah. if we haven't roosted on birds, it still died. It's been pretty incredible. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, we can tease the Oklahoma trip again because we have, we do have that episode <laughs> coming. It's going to be pretty, pretty amazing to have everyone in the, the same building and talking about it. But, you know, from your perspective, it was funny because you drove 16 hours and you didn't have a single thing in your hand that can harm a turkey other than a camera if you threw it hard enough. Well, I mean, that so, was the, uh, that was the mission that I, uh, I mean, I straight up said, I go, listen, I want to, I mean, I'm obviously way more involved in the video than, than probably anybody else, like in our collective group. And I really wanted to, I mean, you see these guys coming out with these big videos. I mean, Ben Wartonic's last couple that he came out with were freaking, you know, I mean, he hired someone to come with or whether or not he paid him, I don't know, but he brought someone along just to film. And I was like, wow, you know, these are like, this is like top-notch stuff like this is like the level that we need to be on you know the stuff that we're coming out with on you know our youtube channel and all that and i said uh and i mean we even say too when we're hunting you can't be hunting and filming at the same time it's just not a, 
it's just not as high quality. It's not. Right. I said, you know what? I I want to like make this my mission to you know film this and make like a not just a YouTube video. I wanted to make like a whole you know, and I can't even say movie, but something more than just you know you're running a more cinematic YouTube video. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I def- definitely like threw some artsier shit in there. I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, it is a higher end production than what we're used to doing, what we're used to seeing, just because by our like standards, absolutely. Said, yeah, yeah, exactly. From our standards, because a lot of the stuff that we do is self filmed. Uh, you know, I mean, it's self filmed. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, other yeah. than and, a couple of videos with you and Jeff in the tree stand kind of stuff, um, pretty much all self filmed. So when you get that, like you were mentioning, someone else behind the camera, that that's their main goal, and it definitely shows. When you watch that production on uh, the Northern Outcast Outdoors YouTube page, it, it is a, a definitely a higher end production. I have heard more compliments on that video alone about how well it was put together than the fact that we killed four birds from the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> See, that to me, I mean, I, I told you this, like, you know, whenever we were talking about it, because I said, Joking, I was like, "You owe me a bird, motherfucker." You know, after after you, you watched the the thing, and you know, and I was kind of jokingly saying like that that video, you know, that whole edit, that was my trophy in some regard, you know. But it wasn't like I wasn't hunting. That's the other thing too. It's like, you know, whenever we were split off or doing like the day that like the freaking turkey apocalypse happened there. I mean, you were every bit of probably two miles northeast of us on the far end of those game lands. And we were to the Southwest down there. So it's like, you know, I'm working the camera. Yeah. You're working the camera. Yeah. But you know, I'm calling too for Jeff who was, you know, shooting and your brother, you know what I mean? And it's like, you can't just send some yee into the freaking woods with a fucking camera and expect them to, you know, film a hunt. It's like, I feel like you have to be, you know, at least a par hunter before you can like film because you, you know you can't be back there like jacking around and like you know doing dumb shit especially with turkeys you know that's the hardest hardest animal you can hunt in pennsylvania as far as i'm concerned you know like they have the freaking eyes of a hawk if you're back there screwing around and doing whatever you know you could screw the whole hunt up but it, it wasn't like i was just standing around with a camera you know i was still down there hunting you know using air quotes you know for the whole experience i guess yeah absolutely i mean it was definitely part of the hunt and i I understand it, and anyone that turkey hunts long enough that really enjoys it on the level that we do, you know when you go out and you guide someone else to a hunt and a kill, um, or no kill at all, just guiding someone and talking to the birds and working the birds and then working the camera. And I got maybe, and we're going to get into that story uh, about our opening day festivities, but you know, I get more enjoyment sometimes out of someone else, like when my nephew shot his first bird. The, the oh, that was excitement. awesome, dude! I was shaking so bad, like it was unreal. You, you only get, you don't only get that when you make the kill, and especially with turkeys. You know, deer is a little different. You know, I guess if you're with a buddy in the same tree and they shot a deer, but you know, yeah, if Austin and I are hunting the same farm and I shoot one across the farm, and then you know, yeah, we're gonna be jacked, but it's not. It's almost not the same as being like there in the moment with that person and sharing the moment with that person. You know yeah, I, mean? I agree. Turkey hunting is a completely, I, I can't, level isn't the right word, but like turkey hunting and deer hunting to me are like, you know, tomatoes and apples. Like you can't, yeah, you're hunting, yeah. but it's not, not even close to the same thing. You know, yeah. emotionally, physically, you know, it's just completely different, you know, 
from my perspective at least. Yeah. And especially the way we, we hunt them too. But... <laughs> yeah. Totally yeah, no, different. you're right there. But I mean, even the way we hunt them, I mean, uh, oh shit, you were out on youth day too, the same as me. And we were, you know, in contact, you know, cause we had my daughter and Jeff's son out. And I mean, obviously you guys actually got one, but you know, had a hen come in that, you know, I started cutting to and it like came down and was like cutting back to us and like just even seeing the kids like this motherfucker's talking to this turkey right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it was like they were just sitting there like looking at me and Jeff like, dude, you guys like, this is like some magic stuff. Like right now you're, you know, you're literally talking to the animal whenever you're calling turkeys in and, you know, just even seeing that on a kid's face, you know, first time. I wonder what they think or what, what they are, are thinking and how they're processing it. And you wonder if they're truly appreciating it on the same level as you. At that, at that age, probably not. Whenever we had Sibeli out, different story. I mean, we'll get into that. But yeah, different different story, but same idea, definitely, for sure. You know, you, you can't really understand it until you really experience it. Because, I mean, people say, like, yeah, I called on a turkey. It's like, you did call on a turkey, but you're literally talking to it in its language. Yeah. You know, if you stop and think about it like that. Which, you know, makes it sound kind of like, you know, mystical and crazy. But it's, I mean, it's true. You're talking, you're literally talking to that animal. That, that, that is, I've never really thought of it that way. You know, that that's kind of like a, know, it's such a weird perspective on it. But I actually do kind of think it's funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, and uh, Cameron Wennington we had on our, our podcast, he kind of said, you know, in a similar way. And I've heard, and this is actually something that helped my calling quite a bit, or at least I like to think it helped my calling probably terrible sounding but this guy was talking about you know whenever you're calling turkeys it's like if you're out in the backyard drinking a beer with your neighbor and your wife sticks her head out the window and just starts screaming at you to come in the house you gonna want to go in the house probably not if she sticks her head out the window and goes hey baby you want to come in you know dinner's ready like like oh hell yeah i want to go in there you know and you think about like that intensity or, you know, lack of intensity or sweetness that you put into your calling, like, based on the situation, you know, when you really think about it like that, and you actually, like, mentally, like, I guess, I don't even know the right word to put on it, like, mentally, like, put yourself into, like, what you're trying to portray there to the, whatever you're trying to call to, you know, like, I feel like that helped a lot, you know, to get yourself in that mentality, because sometimes you hear those guys that are out there just like, rah, 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 you know, just like, going nuts, and you're like, man, shut up for a minute, you know, this dude ain't coming anywhere near you especially you sound like that you know you sound like the you know the big loud girl with the freaking bar at, you know 1 30 in the morning <laughs> no i'm with you buddy i know exactly what you're saying you you're kind of painting more of a picture there like i i, I guess kind of the way that i think of it is like you're trying to make a scene like you're trying to play out picture, what they yeah. Want. yeah right 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 yeah no you're, you're both right and it's funny because and i'm sure if i asked either of you to come up with a playbook on how you call in turkey and kill each turkey, you couldn't do it because none, no two are the same. The scenarios are always no. completely different. What I love about turkey hunting, one is that I can be vocal and call to the animals, and I'm very, very vocal. Um, I'm a very aggressive caller. I talk a lot to the birds, but it's about what you say in the same sense. And yes. I think what I love about it is, especially this year, I've found myself, I've kind of, step back and realize like when I think about what happened and the success, it's like not two of those scenarios played out the same way. It was kind of like the bird did something. And then I naturally reacted in a way to the bird on, on how coming off of what the bird was doing 
to make the job, like to finish the job and get it done. It was just unbelievable how this shit all happened. And it was like subconsciously happening in the back of my mind without me even knowing I was just reacting to it. It, it was almost come natural and it was pretty, uh, pretty weird, but also pretty freaking incredible. And I think that's why I love turkey hunting so much. No, I can understand well, what that. you just said there too on our first day when I shot my bird there. I mean, I was saying it jokingly, but you know, seriously at the same time is there was like five or six veteran moments that like happened between the two of us with that whole setup in a matter of dude, less than five minutes. Less that, than five you know minutes. what I mean? Like, probably less than three minutes in all seriousness that like if a b c and d didn't get done by us the way that it got done by us that bird would have never happened but you know all the way up to whenever i freaking had to pull on them you know and those are those moments where if you don't naturally act and react immediately to the situation if you sit and you think about it and you kind of like dwell on the moment you can find yourself in a bad place really quick but turkey hunting sometimes you have to act super super fast and then sometimes you have to just be super super patient as well but what when you have that kind of uh that thought in the back of your mind like we need to change to the other side of this trail we did it now there was no yeah uh, what if this what if that it was just it, we need to do it let's do it let's go right now change the setup yeah well, let's get into it a little bit. I mean, you guys kind of teased it a little bit, and you're kind of talking about the hunt and breaking down little moments. Let's get into this bad boy. Let's start, like, night before you guys get the birds on the roost, and then let's let's go from there. Yeah, we slow played the hell out of that one, didn't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know I like that slow burn. Yeah. That's right. So well, I mean, it kind of went back to me telling Chucky you owed me a bird, so he, he went and did a little scouting for me, and then... I mean, you got some yeah. insane footage. You got some insane footage. Oh, that's, that that day yeah, that he that, sent me that, that was unreal. Me. Yeah, I teased that earlier. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite moments in the turkey woods, and I wasn't holding anything. I wasn't holding a gun, I should say. Nobody was holding a gun. I just had a camera in my hands. And basically what happened was I went up my camp Thursday, uh, Thursday night. I went up by myself. And open camp basically just turned on the heat and went to sleep. But apparently for the first day of turkey season for the rest of our lives, it's going to be 30s and um, pretty miserable, apparently. So got the heat turned on, got to sleep and then woke up the next morning to go try to find birds. And I just went off of historical data and where we've seen them in the past. And as soon as I went in there, I went to sit down on this rock to fix my sock that was bunched up and a bird was directly above me in the tree and she busted off so i wanted to get to the top of the hill so i could hear both sides and then as i was looking around just kind of taking it slow i could see the silhouette of another bird in in the roost kind of probably 50 60 yards away so i sat down and sure enough i mean this super jake pitched down right out in front of me Uh, another one gobbled Um, i want to say i heard three different birds gobble that morning and the one that pitched down in front of me never even gobbled. But as he hit the ground, I, I got him in, the, in the, the viewfinder and I'm filming him and it's still pretty dark. Sure enough, I hear for the first time ever that boo. And as soon as I heard it, and I felt it in my chest. I, I immediately knew what I was, what I thought I couldn't hear. You know, I always thought people talked about drumming that I couldn't hear drumming because I never heard it before. Sure enough, I looked to my right and there's a bird at like 15 steps, 15 paces. 
And it's another giant super jake. I mean, I'll call them a super jake. These birds are extremely mature. They probably only had three feathers on each side that weren't full size. Uh, real nice beards on them too. I mean, I would say at least six to seven inches, probably real thick. And they come in and just strutted their stuff and drummed right in front of my face. Four more jakes. I want to say three or four jakes come landed right in front of me. Now I'm filming these two birds. I'm just listening to birds crash all around me. A couple hens come down. They start to work out in the field. Another hen almost lands on my back shoulder. Um, and you can see all this in the, the intro to the video of, of Booer's bird. But that morning kind of put, put us in place because that afternoon when Booer headed out, he was going to get there a little after dark, I want to say. And I chose to not go out because there was about 30 mile per hour wind and I knew I wasn't going to be able to see him and I didn't want to get into the woods and spook any birds. So I was just going off of the data that I had made that morning. And then Booer, you can take over from there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was crispy as shit that next morning. It was, it was definitely frost. I think it was like, what, 28, 29 degrees when we got up. That's the like worst that. trying to get in quiet when yeah, it's like that. Well, we went in, we we're kind of like on a open field. There's like maybe like knee high grass down i don't know maybe five six hundred yards we kind of got up in the corner of it to where he had you know had his encounter the day prior so we got in there sat down got the decoy out posted up they start gobbling on the complete other side of the field from where we were so that's where we're like do we need to turn now turn around get set up on the other side of the trail and uh there's two definitely down below us that sounded jake ish but they didn't have like a real you know defined chop and their gobbles. So we're like, that must be, you know, the turbo jakes that he had seen. So we're like, okay, let's see what happens. And then a nice one, like a definite, like no question, Tom let loose to the left of us at like our nine o'clock down on the other side of like the road in, like he was, he was a little ways, but like not out of question, but the way the terrain worked, we kind of, we were sitting there and we both looked at each other. I was like, that's the bird we want. And I was like, you know what? These other ones are going down here. If they're funneling up the way they've been funneling up, I bet you he comes along the bottom of that hill and comes in. So we we stay put, roll the dice, and sure enough, dude, the night this, this is the, the crow story I was telling you about. The night before, we were drinking old crow, and that's what my grandpa used to drink when we go up to camp. So I was like, better drink some, pay respect to the old man. So we drank. We were drinking old crow the night before. We were tree yelping at these birds. They didn't give a shit what we had to say. A crow fired off. They gobbled every damn time at the crow. <laughs> every time. I'm not even joking. Every time. I don't think they answered us one time. They well, knew where I we were. Say, I would say they talked to us on the roost. Once they hit the ground, they couldn't it's crow only. Shits. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They could not. Because you hear it in the video, shits. too. The crow went off, dude. They went freaking ballistic. Yep. <laughs> but Absolutely. once they got down, the one started skirting along the edge of the tree line, like out across, you know, we see it like way off track. He's like, he's coming into the, coming around the edge up the trail where we were hoping they were going to come up. And he got down probably like the midpoint between us and that far tree line. He was still probably every bit of 200 yards, I bet. And uh, he kind of went into the trees going to our right, which was bad for the way we were set up. So I started, I was like, okay, he's in the trees. I need to like get over now. So I turned like, I don't know, 45 degrees from where I was originally sitting at kind of, you know, still being able to get a shot on that trail if I had to. And then sure shit, here comes the big boy out into the field, beelines across it. Full bore, dude, comes straight across. And like the last like 40 yards in the trees, dude, he just full out sprints into the trees. 
and we're like, oh shit, you know, it's going down now. Here we go. <laughs> that crow went off in the video and the whole freaking ground shook. It gobbled. I was like, oh my God, here we go, dude. Here we go. Not even 10 seconds later. And I was like, you son of a bitch. I can't even see the bird, you know, and he busted on something. I'm like, son of a bitch. All of a sudden I see his head coming up. And I mean, this all happened in a matter of like maybe three minutes, three, four minutes tops. This all, this all took place. I just barely see his head coming up over the, the little berm that we were sitting on. And he was trying to get behind this tree. And I could tell he definitely, I think he busted Chucky just from when we were watching the video. Chucky couldn't see him and he was zooming, trying to zoom in just to find something. And you could see the little bastard's head just over the hill looking straight at him sideways, you know? They can pick up on just a little of shit too, oh, man. It's, it's yeah. the worst. So I, I think he saw him. me but didn't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. But in the camera, you I know, it was what. It, it just I think blows my he mind saw because, me after that. Yeah, because and, the way I was set up with that with that mesh in front of me, and I had a double tree to my back. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, it looks like I'm moving the camera a lot, but that's only because I'm zoomed in so much. So, like, every little tiny movement looks extreme. Now, he could have seen the microphone cover, maybe, or something like that bouncing around. That's all possible, I guess. I never really yeah. put that in Well, I mean, that goes back to what we said is, earlier. These... These birds are, you know, they got the eyes of the hawks and freaking, you know, better ears than, you know, just about anything, you know. Yeah. The level of movement He's, that he did catch on because he definitely oh, saw Oh, yeah. Was, no, he was, was so minimal. He he got up just high enough to go behind this other tree. And I think that's when he was like, I think I, he thinks he sees me, you know, because he did his little stutter step behind it because I was like, all right, if he gets behind that tree, I got to swing on his ass. Meanwhile, you know, all I know is that it's a healthy bird, you know. I didn't know anything else other than that because all I could see was that freaking red ass head coming up behind that tree and he stuttered step and he started putting again. And as soon as he got behind that tree, I got my, I got my gun most of the way over and Chuck started purring, purring again at him. And he came up that other side and I wasn't, I wasn't on him on the right side. And Chuck started purring. Son of a bitch. He turned back into that tree. I put my gun barrel on the left side of that tree and I was like, I ain't letting him get away. Not after you're not screwing my day up first thing like that, you know. <laughs> as soon as his head came out, pow! And then uh, uh, I shouldn't say this is a rookie move, but we knew that other bird was down there. But all I had was head to shoot at, so I got up, I took off running back in there, and he was freaking got his little butthole up in the air and his fan out. And I was like, oh my god, it was a big one, you know. And then we <laughs> went running over, but that's like, you know. There was like three or four things that happened so fast. Like if Chuck wouldn't have purred at him, he probably wouldn't have turned back around like that to go around because he was going to try to circle us. That's what the, they freaking do. They'll circle your ass and then go back the way they came. If they don't see nothing they like. But the only reason I got that bird is because he turned around on that tree. But there was probably five other reasons we shouldn't have got that damn bird. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck's got a solid-ass yeah, purr, though, too, man. That thing, it is, it's it's actually really impressive for on a mouth call. Oh, dude, we, the freaking, the fan on that bird is not equivalent to its beard. Like, it was an 8-inch beard. It's a solid bird. It's a, it's a great bird. But the fan on that bird, I mean, you can see in the picture, I'm a big dude. I'm a really big dude. That fan damn near covered my entire freaking upper body. You know, he was a big-ass bird that had, like, kind of a little goofy beard on him, even though it was 8 inches long. Yeah. I think you misheard him. He was actually complimenting my purr. Um, can we step back? I, I wasn't. I wasn't letting him. Ha- I wasn't letting him have that. I wasn't letting you have that. I love it either way, dude. <laughs> I was just yeah, going to squash I, that and I, hope nobody else noticed. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, it, it is something I've worked on. Like, 
because I have a, a long commute to work. And when I first committed to mouth calls three, four, I don't know how many years ago, probably five, six years ago now, that's all worked on with clucks and purrs, yeah. man, clucks and purrs. And it just like, that's one of the things I mentioned when I was telling you about those little things just happened that subconsciously yeah. I did that I didn't even know why I was doing it or, you know, I, it just happened. I just started purring. Mm-hmm. I knew the bird. He shocked me when he started putting his alarm putt and, and it kind of like threw me off my game for a minute. And then as I'm watching him kind of walk around, he's not running away. So I'm like, well, give him the purr. So I start purring yeah. and it did. It, he got curious again. And that's when he did. He, he took those last two steps. He did that little half circle around that tree and come back the other way. Yep. And he blasted his ass. <laughs> Man, yeah. Oh, was I wasn't letting him get away. You don't ruin my day. Yeah. I've had my day. You hear that noise. I mean, anybody that's even like kind of a serious turkey hunter knows the freaking death putt. Like you, you know, your day is fucked at that point. <laughs> Not, yeah. you know, you can go to a different spot, but like, you know, you get a bird in close enough that he freaking snipes you like that. First thing off the roost. I was like, you ain't getting away, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, if that goes south, that could change the entire momentum of the whole season to follow. Oh, you know, 100%. Making, making that move on them in that quick swing and uh, just being able to get the shot on them on, on nothing more than four inches ahead. I mean, that was really all that was showing on that bird at any given time. Well, me incredible. five years ago would have pulled on him before he got behind that tree and screwed it all up. I know that for yeah. a fact, but like, you know, having the vision to go, he's heading that way. He's probably going to get to that tree. You need to let him get to that tree. It, you know, as painful as it is knowing that like, dude, this bird's about to boogie at any given freaking second. But, you know, <laughs> also having the peace of mind, it's like, well, you know, I got Chucky here. He's not completely freaking useless. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I got someone <laughs> that isn't a putz backing me up. You know what I mean? Because honestly, yeah. when you're when you're hunting with somebody else, especially for turkey, the guy who's shooting minimal effort, you know, when you think about the grand like scheme of things, like throughout your hunt, the guy calling behind you is the one that like is going to make or break you, you know, right. ten out of ten times. You know, if that bird gets in and you don't get that bird, then it's your fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, you're the one that they're looking for too, so you're typically the one that they end up busting. If anything, yeah. you're the one making the noise. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what that's when I when I did purr it was he went behind a tree you know and I started purring so he couldn't pinpoint me so what he had to do was he actually had to come out from behind that tree to see what was purring and making that noise and when yeah. he did that it was game over I can also say too for a fact I've never seen a bird come out especially one that's already in like high alert mode come out one side of the tree walk back the other way I've I've ne- can honestly say I've never seen that happen before <laughs> Yeah. How many how many times in that same situation that bird hits that tree and he never comes out again? Never, he's just gone. never. Yep. Yeah, he's he's yep. gone. He just he, he hits that last tree. You're on the right side. It's happened to me multiple times. You're set up on the other side of it, and that bird never shows. <laughs> he's just yep. gone. You know, it, it it was pretty pretty incredible the way it worked out. And um, yeah, don't don't credit me. You got to credit the NF custom calls, man. Those things are. Pretty we were both. Hey, we both had. I mean, whenever they're in the tree, and I was still calling with you there. You know. Yeah. Again, we were painting that painting that picture. You know, there's a couple hens over here. You know, we're kind of whatever. Yeah, and I mean, that's it. actually something cool that I talked to Joey about whenever he came up that later that week or whatever. We were talking about how different we all sound calling, but like, don't all want to sound exactly the same, especially when you're doing stuff like that, like how we set up. You know what I mean? Like, 
we want them to think all the girls are over there. You know what I mean? You don't want to all sound exactly the same, you know, especially when you're doing, doing stuff like that. But I think that's what, I don't know. It was, it was a crazy morning. And you can hear in the video, I start laughing that crazy laugh whenever I got up on him and he rolled back. I don't know if you see like the freaking Victoria's secret models when they like put their hair in the water and they like whip it back. <laughs> he like roll, he like rolled backwards and freaking little, little like freaking blood geyser was like coming right out of his freaking nose. And I was like, Oh my God, I've never seen that before either too. So, I mean, there was like five firsts that <laughs> I never seen that. He rolled back. And I was like, Oh yeah, I think he's dead. And that's why I started laughing in the video. <laughs> whenever Chucky like stood up. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny too like just hearing you mention like how different everybody sounds like i can, I can think of like oh, just me calling oh. next to chuck mine always sounds so damn raspy and then you got chucks and his comes in and it's not like i feel like chucks is more like front end if that makes sense as opposed to like mine it's just i always i don't know how it just plays out the way that it does but it's just all just i sound like a nasty old... has a very sweet yes a very sweet sound to yes him, you know when he's calling and that's that like low that, that I feel like you get more getting a good mid range like Chucky has. I feel like will get you. That's that closing sounds that you want. You know what I mean? Like anybody can get a bird to gobble once, but when that bird starts coming in, you know you ain't gonna be freaking you know slamming on the freaking pot. You know, key keying this bird coming in. It's like no, they don't want that. They don't. Will you get a bird like that every now and again? Yes, you will. You'll get that horny bastard that comes into freaking you know a wet fart underneath the freaking hemlock you know <laughs> but you know nine out of ten times you know you, you got to give them that sweet stuff when they come in you know what i mean and that's yeah that's that's that real nice nice that's why i call it that nice nice you want to have out for them yeah yeah that little sweet nothing that you give them when they're in close that last hundred yards yeah that that, that is a game changer uh if you want to kill birds or if you want birds to hang up on you it's yeah and sometimes they still do but man i'll tell you what just learning to call low and i mean it all comes from podcasts that we listen to guests we talk to um you know we were talking about we were talking to kyle allen the other day and um you know he said same thing everyone has that one hand that that they try to imitate that's stuck in their mind and that's kind of what i do is i listen to the birds in the area and i try to get familiar with what they sound like so i can imitate their sound um that way whenever that palm hears the bird in the area than what it's supposed to sound like, then you're imitating the same noises and he thinks you're her. So yeah. that's kind of what I go for anyhow, but that's the thought behind it, whether I accomplish that <laughs> or not, nobody knows, but <laughs> it's, it seems to work. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's turkey hunting. Um, oh yeah. You know, this year it's been working so far yeah <laughs> and it's, it, it is nice to have i mean i'll go back to it it's it is a shameless plug but i'll go it's nice to have a call that you can hit a, a wide range of sounds on because you can yeah. change it up in a minute i can go super raspy or i can get that front end high pitch into a little bit of rasp on the back end of a call you know i mean i use the same call for all three days we hunted down in Oklahoma, I didn't change it once. I used the same freaking yeah. one. I, I was using the uh, I was using the bat wing down there and yeah. the competition stretch, whatever he calls it. I'm terrible with that. Mm-hmm. Remembering that, no, that's, that's whatever right. the tight one. Yeah. I used the tight, the competition tightness, and then I actually used that call so much it was kind of like getting a little funky sound. And I switched over to the combo cut up here, and that combo cut will give you those like 
those like clocks and those little like you know those little like little like soft key keys it'll do those real real nice and that's the birds up in the Allegheny National Forest dude they're not gonna whatever you think you know how to do down on a farm wherever the hell you're at in a blind I can promise you will not work at all up there you know quiet stuff up there that's what oh 100% you know the quiet stuff's what's gonna get you the birds because everything up there is trying to kill them you know what I mean they're not up there like going you know completely nuts up there you know the, the more subtle you are more is less up there or less is more up there sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i can dig no, that man definitely and, and you guys both you guys both are you know veteran callers as well and i definitely uh tip my cap to each of you and when we get out together it's a lot of fun because like you said we can both go back and forth and you know when austin and i were in west virginia it was like you call all right let me give you yeah. something all right now you yeah. call and, and we both had birds responding on the same at the same time you know where if we would have been a yeah. little maybe a little farther apart, maybe we would have sounded like two different birds more than two jagoffs on the same tree. But <laughs> <laughs> that kind of goes into trying to find out what the damn birds want to hear, though, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go. You know, I mean, I, I very rarely use my slate call or even my power crystal, which I need to get back off your brother. But like. If I'm going, I just can't get nothing. You hit that freaking any of any crystal or glass call. You hit that. That just carries that different octave. You know, it carries so much further than you'll ever get it to carry with a mouth call. You'll you'll get that one. You know, an extra hill over to answer you, or like even it hits that extra octave one that might be right by you that you know didn't give a shit about whatever you say. Just like you know, you get a shock gobble out of them if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally, yeah, man. A goose call. You gotta get yourself <laughs> a, a goose call. Locator call. <laughs> you know, I've actually heard of that working. I I got one here. I should blow it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like the owl call's great. I've heard them gobble to it. Crow call's great. I've obviously heard them gobble to crows, like that bird was. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, when geese go over, I swear they oh yeah gobble. You know what you need to get yourself? Yeah, you need to get a peacock call. I've heard of a lot of dudes using those. Actually, that's not even a joke. For real, around here, cause it's just something insane. insane they never heard. That I mean, it's just like coyotes. You know, the freaking you know fire alarm goes off at the fire yeah. station. The fire, you know, the air raid sirens going off. They freaking go ballistic to that. You know what I mean? It's some, and that's actually whenever I was learning learning to call, yeah, a million years ago. And you know, my you know turkey mentor was telling me, you know, when you're blowing this crow call, you're not trying to sound like a crow. You're trying to get a turkey to fucking gobble at you. You know what I mean? You want to be loud and obnoxious because when they're breeding, they want to be the loudest thing in the woods. Yep. And that's like when you hear me blow a crow call, I don't sound, it sounds freaking ridiculous, but it's loud. That's like the key that, you know, he always taught me. And I've noticed I do get more gobbles off of that, you know, when I'm just being obnoxiously loud, you know, something like that, that they'll, you know, fire off from that. Yeah. Especially if they've been getting antagonized by crows too. Yeah, you're right. trying to get that shock, man. That that's why like mm-hmm. sometimes guys like they they get to a spot and they forget their freaking hunting and they slam their damn car door too bad, too loud and then all of a sudden the freaking bird goes off. I mean, if there's actually a funny episode, it's on one of the meat eater podcasts. They literally go through a list of like people that wrote into yep. them of like weird things that birds have shock gobbled to. It's like absolutely <laughs> hilarious. I've seen that or I've listened to that one. That was actually pretty funny. There was there was like a whole laundry list of things that they gobble to. And, and that's it. It's just a certain, once you hit a certain pitch or a certain tone, it, it creates that shock 
gobble with them. Like certain noises they won't gobble at, but other ones, if, as long as you hit that, whatever it is, and that's just things I've listened to through turkey biologists, like that's what they say. You have to hit that certain tone or that certain pitch. And once you do, yeah. like they'll, they'll gobble at anything. I mean, like literally, literally anything, they're going to gobble at it. It's just something that shocks them, you know, but it's different because there's certain properties I hunt that are near train tracks and sometimes trains go by and, and they won't gobble at it because that train goes by 20 times a day. Yeah. It's not really the shock factor anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, how many crows first thing in the morning? Yeah, they gobble to them a lot. Sometimes in areas like locally, not up the mountain, two different worlds. Locally, you blow in that crow call all day and you're not going to get them to gobble. But up there, no, it's just it carries a different pitch through the mountains, I think, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And it works a lot better. It's way more effective up there. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I mean, so hit and miss on the damn crow call. I feel like it's so common and so many guys can blow the thing that like it it does get overused around here. Similar to like even the 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 owl hooter. I mean, I feel like you do almost have to find like that one thing. I don't know whether it's a damn goose call or not, but you know, something that kind of sets you apart to get that shock because if you just if you would sit at like right up the street from like a damn Gamelands parking lot, on opening weekend or like the damn night before, you're going to hear everybody that pulls up either hoot at them or they're going to use a freaking crow call. And they hear mm -hmm. that over and yeah, over and over throughout the season. Like, that's kind of why I was like joking about like the like the peacock call or something like that. I think it would actually be like legit as hell in Pennsylvania. There's actually a dude that has a camp beside me that uses a peacock call. That's not even a joke. He, you know, there, there's people that do that up, up there and it works. I mean, it absolutely works. Yeah. Chuck knows my one little secret. I have this goofy freaking Primos mouth call. Yeah, we're sponsored by ANF or whatever. You know, that's all we use. But I keep this one call in there. It's this old twisted spur one. I've had it for like four or five years. Sounds god awful. But whenever I freaking get on it, because it sounds so different, I have no no reason why. I'll get a gobble with that thing at least once if they're around. And, you know, I kind of yeah. use it like a, a locator. Not I don't Once they gobble, then I switch back to whatever I had. But, you know... It's the same thing. It's just this crazy sounding thing that they've never heard before. It's like gobble you know, when they hear it, you know, like <laughs> gobble. Yeah, they're like question gobble question mark. Like, yeah, and I've, it's kind of like when you shoot the gun and they're like, oh, gobble. What was that? Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. You know, but it sounds. I mean, you heard me use it up there the one day. So I was like, listen, if they're around, something a good chance will answer to this thing. Because we were trying everything. At, it was after I shot my bird, me and you went back out, and I freaking whipped that baby out. And I was like, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we end up not getting on anything else the rest of the day. But I'll tell you what, this whole, all these tactics and some of these things that played into what we're talking about right now definitely played a factor on Sabelli's bird. Um, so if you want to just, if we want to jump into that story right off the bat, unless you want to cover something well, else, um, no, let's get into it. I mean, that's kind of how it happened though. Cause we went out the first Saturday, uh, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, I went, you know, everybody's up there. All of our friends, you know, all of like the camp people are up there Sunday. My brothers were actually up there, which that was a, that was hilarious that night we were sitting up was... there I, <laughs> like <laughs> me and Chuck are standing by the fire and this is you know his parents camp so we're me chuck his mom and dad were out by the fire hanging out and my the one kid that works with me who's friends with my brother my little brothers and me too for that matter his camp was not far 
from Chucky's. It's on the same road, more or less. Yeah. I had no idea. My brother, my brother, my brother works out of town all the time. I wasn't sure if, you know, if he was home or what he was doing, if he was coming up or, you know, nothing, whatever. So we're standing by the fire. You see these headlights coming up the road and they pull straight into Chucky's thing. And I'm like, oh, someone coming? I'm thinking, it's, you know, one of Chuck's boys like, no. His dad turns around and his dad's like walking over. I was like, oh, your dad must know. Maybe they're the neighbors or something. He goes, I don't know who the hell's car that is. I was like, look around the corner. I was like, that's my fucking brother. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? He goes, oh, we were going to Mike's camp. We saw your truck here. So we thought it was your truck. So we pulled in. I was like, oh, my God. But <laughs> Sunday, that you know, I went and visited. Madness. Yeah, you know, visited with them. And then, you know, went and saw a couple couple guys from work that have camps, you know, near mine. And then, you know, I just enjoyed my day up there Sunday. It was beautiful out all day long, you know, went for a little walk on the river and cause uh, you know, I'd never gotten a bird like that before. Usually you don't get it Saturday, you know, your ass is in the woods scouting Sunday trying to find answers for Monday, you know, cause I take the first week off every year in Pennsylvania for the Pennsylvania season. And then, you know, Sunday I was like, wow, you know, I can catch a little buzz, mow the grass, you know, chill a little bit and then, you know, whatever. And then Monday I went scouting cause our buddy Brian, who, uh, He's a couple years older than me. I mean, he's in his thirties. He'd never been hunting until last year and he'd never been turkey hunting until this year. <laughs> so I went out and our, our good buddy, Joe whispering the wind outdoors. He, uh, he got a bird Saturday morning, but he's like, dude, I'm off the rest of the week. I go, I'll come, I'll come help. You know, let's get, let's get Sibelia birds. You know, we all went to high school together. You know, we're all buddies and stuff. So I went and scouted Monday, Tuesday, and I found, I definitely found some birds. The one I found was like, I was calling him the shaman, the shaman of the hill in this old, older spot. I, ha- I haven't hunted in a long time. Can I just stop you and for I one second, Boomer? You yeah. come up with the funniest names for everything. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just like the well, shaman it, of the hill. It, it'll make, <laughs> it'll make sense, you know, when you hear like what this bird was doing. Cause I went up, you know, I was trying some different stuff just to hear, looking for sign. Didn't see a lot of sign on the gas road I was on, the gas oil well road. And uh, I was back in there. Actually, I had a face-to-face with a freaking coyote up there. I almost blasted him with my pistol. And I was coming back out. I was like, man, there's bear tracks up here. I go, I don't think there's any damn turkeys around here. Sure, shit, big one gobbles, you know, a ways, but not far. I'm like, ooh. So I get down in the trees. I get a little closer. You know, I'm, I'm piss-potting around down in there. He gobbles again. I'm like, all right, it's like 3 o'clock. So he's probably, you know, getting into his general vicinity of where he sleeps. So I sit down, gobbles again, same exact spot. I'm like, huh, gobbles again on his own. I don't hear any hands on it. He's just up there gobbling. I'm like, man, there must be something up there that I can't hear, like over the next hill that I can't hear, you know? Sure, shit, I hear another bird gobble way off to my left. I'm like, answering him. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, all right, I'm getting off the hill, you know, at this point it's like five o'clock. So I text Joey before I lose service. I was like, I found us a bird. It's going to be a tough sell you know, for a first time hunter coming up here. And I'm like, looking at on X, I'm like three and a half miles. I'm like, Sibeli is in terrible shape. Okay, whatever. We'll figure it out. So we go, Joey's like, Hey, I saw birds on the edge of this freaking private. Let's go try to roost them. Can't roost them. But we go back the next morning because it's an easier hike in. Nothing happens first thing in the morning, nine. Me, Joey and Brian. So I was like, we can go up and mess with this dude. I go, there was definitely another bird up there for sure that I heard. But the big one's going to be a tough boy. I can I can already tell, you know. So we get up there, hike up this hill. I mean, it's straight up, you know, for the first, like, half mile up this thing. You know, he's sucking wind bad. Get up to the top, kind of poking around. We get a gobble, 
same freaking spot as he was in the day before. And this time it's nine thirty in the morning. I'm like, son of a bitch. I go, I don't think he's like leaving where he flies down from, you know, I'm like thinking in my head, this, I'm like, he, he doesn't go far. So I'm like, there's gotta be pens over there. There's gotta be food over there. And I knew there was a crick that was not far from where he was at. So I'm like, Oh, this is going to be bad. But start calling again, set up around the corner of this like big horseshoe. Joe's calling. I'm up with Brian. Joe, Joe calls a little, get one to answer. I'm thinking it's him coming closer. And me and Joe disagreed on what we think happened next, but <laughs> and answered. Sounded like he came a little closer and then nothing. I'm like, what the hell? Sure shit. He gobbles again back where he was. Later, I, I think I figured, I realized these birds were coming into him. These other gobblers were coming to him. I'm like, what in the fuck, dude? So we get up high around him to try to, you know, do whatever because we had another bird gobble up that way. So we just kind of like set up and, you know, we're trying to see what's going on. Sitting there, I, I put Sabelli up on this blowdown, and I was this big, huge oak tree that like fell down. So I was leaned up in this like brush, like maybe like five feet behind him, leaned up against the blowdown. My head was like on like the big fucking main part of the tree, and we're sitting there, hen fires up. So I start working this hen down to the left of us, and Joey's probably like fifty yards behind us. I'm working this hen, working this hen, and then all of a sudden I hear I hear something in the in the leaves behind us sound it sounded like you know it was either a fawn or a turkey so you know i look up to him i was like don't fucking move and then all of a sudden as jake comes flying past our heads right behind us this thing came like five feet from us i'm like holy shit i'm like don't shoot don't you know put the damn gun down this thing flies in the valley i see that hen take off around the corner i'm like what the hell so we stand up, there's a freaking guy standing there like 30 feet behind us. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then I'm like, did we walk in on him? And I'm like trying to remember. I was like, I didn't see a truck down below there. I go, oh, you know, we're a ways back in at this point. We're probably every bit of four miles back in the woods. I'm like, where does this guy come from? So I turn around and I see Joe. He stands up. Joe's standing there with his hands up like shrugging. I'm like, what the hell? So we go walking down and I'm like, oh man, did we walk in on that guy? And Joe's like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. Like kind of brushes me off. So we like get like halfway down the hill again and he's like yeah that guy walked in on us i didn't want to say that to you while he was right there because i know how you get and i'm like what do you mean how i get <laughs> and i'm like where did he come from because we went down there there's no truck down there he goes dude i didn't tell you he walked in on us on purpose because i know you're a freaking idiot i'm like all right fair enough whatever so we go go home and at that point it was like already like quarter 12 get back up go back up the hill again and Sibeli's He's starting to feel it a little bit at this point, like big time, you know, like he's starting to like feel the burn a little bit. That 4 a.m. wake yeah, up call after I got him drunk. So we get him up the hill again. We get up there and that bird starts gobbling from the same damn place. Dude, he was just jumping down out of the tree and calling all the birds to him. Wasn't moving 100 yards from where he was flying down out of that tree. And we worked a couple that came around. They just skirted us straight down to him, dude. We had three. It was at least two toms that we called that we thought we were calling him, but they were just working down the valley below us like maybe like 600 yards to our left, just coming down through. And then another Jake came down through and they went down there and dude, they were just freaking having like a big orgy down there, just gobbling their freaking heads off down on this like little like ravine horseshoe. And you couldn't walk in there. Cause you could see with binoculars, how freaking open it was. It's like, if you went down there, you'd never get them anyway. So like, yeah. They're going to pick you, know, you off wait. at some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're like trying to, you know, work the perimeter and get a dumb one. And we came around and it was the same thing. We tried working down on this other spot that we were sitting up in and it, that's why I was calling him the shaman dude. He was just like summoning these freaking other turkeys down to him. And they were, you know, just coming down there and having this like freaking little tribal meeting down in this valley by this river, you know, 
And it was crazy because we counted at least three gobblers that went down to him, straight to him, from him gobbling. And he would just periodically just let one rip for no reason at all. And it was, dude, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really awesome. You know, me and Joe were like, dude, this is some crazy shit. And Joe was getting frustrated, you know, because we just got birds. So now the grind's hitting us in a different way, you know. And we got back and Sibeli was like, man, I got a whole Chucky. I was like, come on, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go Chucky tomorrow. And he's like, I don't know, you know, I think I might just go home. And, you know, he started kind of going through the through the emotions. You know, he just got his ass kicked like, you know, he's like, this is kind of stupid. Why did I just agree to go up this freaking mountain with these idiots and, you know, sit in the rain, and be miserable and all this shit. And I was like, listen, I go, just stick it out. I, I promise you we'll get you a bird. I go, we're going to get you a bird. I'm like, you don't realize what you just had today, the last two days. Like, you don't realize what, you know, up here, like, that was like a, an insane day having that happen. Like, you know, birds like that skirting us. You just had a turkey almost for, take your head off flying by you. I was like... <laughs> These are, these are like incredible, like you haven't experienced the truly shitty days, like the, the days where you want to throw your shotgun in the river days, you know, <laughs> I go, that was a really good day. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We caught him. Enjoying it. Oh no. We conned him into going the next day. I was like, go, come on. So we get up not far from where I shot mine. Cause we knew there was other birds around and you know, me and Chuck set up, got him, you know, Chuck's Chuck was calling. I was babysitting and had some ones that like back behind us kind of ish over where we, you know, we thought they were works. I actually went and roosted them the night before and they were kind of down over this hill and Chuck's like, screw it. I'm going to go back up here and try calling and see if, you know, I can get something going. And he got up behind us and one answered him while we were up there. Well, we were planning on moving down there. We got one to answer once we walked up with him and we're like, Oh shit, you know, let's get set up right here. You know, I tucked Brian into this like, hemlock at Chucky had right there. There's like some big brush laying over it. You know, he was in there. It was like a little, you know, natural blind. And he went over across the clearing there to call. And he called again. And the bird gobbled. I was like, okay, he's still a little ways, you know. I'm like trying to like mentally like prepare myself what I got to do with, you know, Brian, if his bird comes out, you know, what's the game plan going to be? Like, you know, I'm going through scenarios in my head of like, you know, how this could happen. And I'm laying on my stomach beside him, you know, in the underbrush, you know, like with my hands up in front of my face, like I'm, you know, got my arms like out in front of my face and I just glanced down for a second and I looked up again and dude, there was three Jake standing literally maybe 10 yards in front of us. Maybe they just appeared out of nowhere. Three Jake's. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. You know, like these, these old dudes got the drop on me. I'm like, holy shit. So then I'm nervous that he didn't see him because it happened so fast. You know, like I literally blinked and these birds were here, you know? So I'm like, okay. So I'm like trying to like read his body language and I see him kind of tense. I'm like, okay, he sees him. Good. He's not moving. Okay. And, you know, we kind of went through like the checklist of like, all right, you know, if we see him, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I know he sees him. So I just whisper as quiet as I could. Cause I mean, these birds are literally right there. I was like, Hey man, they're all legal. I go, just get your gun on one. I go, they're all legal. They're all the same size. You know, just like pick one and shoot it. He's not moving. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so like again, this is like a 20 second you know moment that felt like 10 years, and I'm just like, oh, dude, wasn't he in my head, in my head, I'm like, I'm like, get your damn gun up. Like in my head, I'm like screaming at him, like get your damn gun up. He had it up on his knee, but he didn't have it, you know, on it. And then the one in the back, 
kind of like got spooky, like, okay, something ain't right. And it turned around, its head turned freaking white as white. And it turned around. The other two were just kind of hanging out there. And then finally I saw him start lifting his gun up. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then he freaking crammed that dude that was trying to run away. And later I found out he, there was a, a branch that his gun barrel was stuck on. He couldn't get, yeah. you know, up on the other ones. I'm like, but, you know, he freaking absolutely obliterated this bird. You know, and then we were hooting and hollering. And then, you know, next thing you know, we were drinking beers at, you know, 9 a.m. after we got breakfast. Yeah, yeah, that was a great morning. And it, and it all happened basically because you guys had roosted birds again, which if you remember they weren't they weren't talking in that morning at all. Like they no. were very, very quiet. They they apparently went deeper than we thought when they roosted. We didn't hear them come down, we didn't hear anything. I just knew from knowing that area, I said there's the other side, I gotta go call over there just to see. And I, I went over there and I called I called, I moved a little more and called, and I didn't hear anything. I finally switched out to that batwing call from the combo cut just to give a different noise. And I called, and I was just sitting there, and I thought I heard a gobble, and I called you. And I'm like, dude, did you hear that? But I knew you wasn't because you you guys were way too Oh, we were far still poke. Away. Yeah, we yeah, were poke out like, there. I'm like, you want to hurt. You're like, I think it's just a woodpecker. I'm like, nah, I'm about 98% sure I heard a gobble. You guys got to come over here. That's when. We went and set up in the same tree, same setup where I shot my bird last year, where Jay Bird shot his uh, Jake last year, same tree, and Sabelli shot his out of the same tree. So now three birds have sh- get gotten killed out of that same setup. It's just a beautiful little setup right there with the different yeah. transitions in the fields and um, and where the woods oh, come in and a couple there. natural spots. So it worked out great, man. And, and Sabelli was absolutely jacked. I know he was very appreciative. Yeah. He messaged me like four or five times. Like, <laughs> seriously, dude, thank you so much. <laughs> and it was amazing. Oh, we got to so, see the the whole build up, the despair, yes. the one to give up. And I was like, listen, even Joe, you know, Seaburn don't say a whole lot. And he basically said, don't be a fucking pussy, you know, in so few words to him. And he's like, I guess I'll go. And then, you know, you see like the whole, like, you tell he was glad he did it, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, he stuck it out and like big success story, you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like the whole him kind of everything coming full circle when he finally got yeah. the bird, it was like, he appreciated the moments now from the last two days where you worked his butt yes. off. He appreciated it more knowing that, that this was the end result. This is what I was out here working for. And, Yep. And now it's accomplished. And we had, and it was cool. We got to share it with, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, you know, you get to share that with like, you know, good friends. Like I've known Brian all my life, you know, you know, we're good friends. We just got to do this with, you know, you know, on top of all that, like, you know, we made these memories with jokes. I mean, that was the first time I turkey on with Joe. And like we said before, calling with different people, you kind of like get that, you know, their vibe of like how they do it. It's like cool to see what other people do that works for them. You know, and you kind of got like the whole, he got to see the whole spectrum, you know, between, because me, you and Joe couldn't be more polar opposites between the three of us. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't be any more different, you know, styles, style wise. And, you know, he kind of got to, and I mean, he even said that, I mean, this is, he was picking up on things that we were doing that were different and, you know, when we were doing it and it kind of made me feel like, you know, I kind of like half knew what I was talking about, like in some respect, you know, someone that you know, never hunted before. And he's like, wow, you know, shit was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a it was a heck of a good week, man. I mean, just an absolute solid week. It, that was five yeah. You got yours too. I heard. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got yours what Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. Yep. I mean, it was just it was just stupid. In all reality, it was just absolutely stupid the way it worked out for my first like four hunts and since Oklahoma. It was it was yeah. uh, West Virginia. It was youth season kill with my nephew west virginia austin kills we go up to camp you kill go back up to camp friday sabelli kills uh yeah. tuesday i go out in the morning with uh, mooch i kill i mean it was just like you didn't kill going you on? vaporized my friend yeah that was not a kill <laughs> that was like the hardest hit i've ever seen on a turkey in my life because that's a statistic <laughs> is what that bird was <laughs> Oh my goodness! But I have been brought down my pegs uh, since then, trying to get my niece a bird, and she missed a big old tom. Oh man! Uh, last Saturday, she missed a giant in that same field as I vaporized mine. I mean, the, the feathers were still wet, and uh, another another tom moved in, and sure enough, we we got on them, and man, twelve yards. For a kid like that, with that bird moving as much as it was, it was a recipe for disaster, and that's what it turned out to be, unfortunately. But it's all right. It's all right. That'll make them stronger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. She's strong-willed. You just got to learn from that one, man. Don't put this decoy so damn close. Yeah. Don't do what my uh, dad did to me and, like, shun me from, you know, the family for the next, like, eight months after missing my first deer, you know. (laughs) If you freaking build them back up, you know, that'll get them jacked up you know what i mean to like want like i'm gonna get that son of a bitch you know like that's the vibe you gotta give them you know that does more for them i think than than not you know then they'd appreciate it more when it does finally happen just like we said yeah she wasn't totally upset you know i don't know what kind of a hunter she'll be I, i think she's still interested and uh she i i know it bothered her a little bit that she missed i'm sure she was a little bummed out I could tell when she, when it came in, she got real excited, started breathing real heavy, yeah. and I mean, hell, so oh, yeah. How can you not um, breathe heavy? Oh, yeah. Right. When you got, just to break this down real quick, because we probably won't get to talk about it again, and I know we're really getting up on time, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that morning, we went in there, and what uh, Anthony actually went out the night before and roosted these birds, but he thought the tom was on one side of the property, and the jakes were on the other side of the property, so we decided, I asked Liz, I said, what do you, which one do you want to go after? She said, I don't want to go after the Jakes. I was like, all right, we're going. Three Jakes against one Tom, we'll, we'll go get them. We went down in, and we weren't exactly sure, but we knew it was the same roosting area. They've been in now two or three times I've been out there. And sure enough, we go to get set up about 100 yards back, maybe 80 yards back from the edge of the field where they keep coming out. And they gobbled right on that same roost. So I just took the blind and I ran across the field with it, hurried up, set up uh, 30 yards from the edge of the field. And he gobbled again. I was like, oh, that's not the Jakes. That's the Tom. <laughs> and he, and this is about to be zesty. I set up the decoys in, in a panic like because we were so I won't break it down completely, but there was a reason why we couldn't access and we had to walk an extra probably 400 yards. We were running last minute because of Ferletta's lazy ass sleeping in. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, he went to a different side where he thought the tom went in and roosted. We went back there. So it was getting daylight quick. He starts gobbling. I'm just panicked, like ran out, 
set the fan decoy up at, at 12 yards, kind of the same setup with where I shot mine. And then, you know, had the hen decoy at like six yards off to our left. And sure enough, the hens came in quiet. They didn't peep at all. Um, he answered everything I sent to him. Every little bubble cluck, everything that I called from the roost calls, he just absolutely gobbled his head off all morning. Finally, he went quiet. I, I looked over to the kids. I said, he might be on the ground now. And uh, sure as shit, as soon as I said that, four hens come running out of the woods right to my hen decoy. I mean, they just beat the hell out of it, jumped up on it, kicking it, just bodying it. They they knocked the thing completely over, knocked the peg out of the ground and everything. It's on the ground. They're just, just stomping it. I'm like, all right, just don't move, guys. They're like five yards, four hens. I mean, that's a lot of turkey eyes for two little kids oh, and me yeah. in a blind in the middle of a yep. field, mind you. And I said, don't worry, this is going to only attract him. And, and literally, as the words came out of my mouth, he gobbled right at the edge of the w- woods. And we were fixated on these birds. We never even knew he was coming in. I mean, he uh. hammered so hard, we all shook, like, jumped. And like all three of us were like, oh, my goodness. And he hit the edge of that field. His fan came up before he did. And, the, you know, like the words came out of our mouth, there he is. And he hit the edge of the woods, and he just come barreling in. Full strut. He gets to, like, 15 yards. He breaks strut. And he just starts doing this, like, head bob, this real weird head bob. He's sizing up the decoy, and he's kind of going back and forth, back and forth. I was trying to get her gun up on her shoulder because she didn't have it all the way up because I didn't want her yeah. arms to get tired. She kind of had it below the blind. Well, when he came in, I'm like, oh, boy, these hens. And get that's it up. Let's go. Up. Yup, I'm like, you got to get that gun up. And she kind of had to stick it out the window to get it all the uh, way up to her shoulder. And the hen starts kind of side-eyeing us. So I'm kind of like guiding her gun to how fast is the speed that she should move it. As I'm guiding the gun up to her shoulder, I'm realizing like her head's not all the way down. She's just not all the way down on this gun. And uh, it, it looks like she's on me. You can see the confidence. She's holding the gun fine. Um, she had no problem with that 20 gauge handling it. She shot it before, yeah. but he's, he just wouldn't stop moving. And I kind of like made some, some light clucks or well, more light cuts at him, just like a, pop, 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 pop. and, uh, he didn't even look at me. I mean, he was so fixated on that decoy. He starts like pecking at it and, and hitting it. And he, he goes to the right and then he goes back left. And when he turns to go back towards the decoy, he's standing beside it. Uh, broadside head fully out and extended and she lets it rip and that bird just tucks and turns and bolts to the woods i mean like Ah. complete whiff yeah Uh. i was just so bummed like i put my head down in my hands i was just like couldn't believe that i put her in that situation in that scenario you know i i kind of set her up for failure in a way which i i can't stand and i've been thinking about it every day breaking it down the, you know, the different ways I should have done it and how I should have had the hen decoy out of our blind window so those birds could see us, so she could move freely. I mean, there's just a, a ton of different things that I could have played differently. Now, me, any three of us on this call, that's a dead bird. You know, another bird gets vaporized on camera. For a 14-year-old first-time hunter trying to shoot, uh, you know, a three-inch five shot out of those Carlson's chokes, um that's just not good you got to be on you know so oh, yeah. it is what it is she's excited she wants to go again already so 
I'm, I'm still uh, bound and determined to get her her first bird. Well, I'd say that's a good sign. At least she's not, like, totally down about it. She's still excited to go. I mean, that's that's probably your first, you know, foot back in the door, at least, with it. She didn't totally get discouraged, which can happen, yeah. man. When you whiff and you're a kid and you get, like, easily embarrassed because of it and everything, that's it can be upsetting, man. Yeah. Oh, we still whiff, too. I don't give a shit who you are or what you tell me. I go, you might think you hit them, too. And for all you know, you probably did, but them dumb things freaking eat three BBs and run away. Like you didn't even freaking touch them, you know? Dude, not last year. Like the year rolled, before, I whipped twice. Plenty of birds. Yeah, you know, it, that's just that's the freaking name of the game. You know what I mean? Like this isn't like I said. This is. And I'll say it again. This is the hardest hunt you can go on in the eastern United States, as far as I'm concerned. Up in those woods, you know, hunting turkeys like that, that's the hardest hunt you're going to go on. You know, and even down here, especially for a young kid like that. But that's awesome. That is freaking awesome. You know? Yeah, I love I, it. I give you that. Outside of maybe a, a Sika hunt, <laughs> for as far as yeah. Eastern U.S. goes, that's uh, that's something else. That's something different. But that that would be fun too, man. That almost be like hunting turkeys. We, Austin and I have talked about that, dude. That's something that I hunt. still yeah. want to do so bad. And it's an early hunt too. It's not a late one. Yeah, but not to get off track. That's just <laughs> something yeah. that came to mind. But no, you're you're absolutely right, Dor. I mean, dude, to, to get a kid to kill an Eastern around here during normal like regular season not just the youth season it's just that yeah so much oh more yeah difficulty. It's but at the same time man. too if they're if and i've heard this from other people too not just you know from people in pennsylvania patting ourselves on the back you know it's like when we went down to oklahoma and we freaking showed back up at 8 30 in the morning with four dead turkeys and these guys looked at us like we were freaking you know out of our minds we're like how in the hell did you kill four turkeys already it's like you know <laughs> You hunt them back where we're from, and you get your freaking, you know, tits ripped off enough times. Dude, you can go hunt anything as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, right thought we were freaking complete barbarians when we walked back in there, and they're like, you killed how many? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear the story. I still haven't heard it yet. So I, I am excited to get that one recorded. But, you know, we are getting there a little bit closer on time, boys. Yeah. Tell me I what mean, you want to do. Covered it. We pretty much I'll talk all night all. if you let me. <laughs> you know i will <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah other other than that we just got to get uh we basically at this point just got to get um a mooch a bird and uh joe wants to uh, go still, so i gotta try to the mooch out with that too that boy. Joe, that oh is. god but yeah you guys saw the meme about mooch's mooch and mine's adventure so yeah. anybody listening go look on social media it'll be around somewhere <laughs> Yeah, man. Speaking of which, you know, give yourself a little plug here. Plug on Northern Outcast Outdoors. Where where can everybody find you? All the fun places. So we have our Instagram north at Northern Outcast Outdoors. Um, our YouTube channel where you can actually watch my bird hunt from my bird, Austin's bird from West Virginia, which had a WDP takeover on our page. I was more than honored to edit that video for you, even though Chuck gave me freaking fiddlesticks to work with i think it still turned out pretty cool it was awesome and you can watch chucky completely evaporate a double bearded tom at like 13 steps with jeff saying don't shoot right before he pulls the trigger <laughs> you, can watch, you can watch that all on the northern outcast outdoors youtube channel and also we created a new separate channel for our podcast as well the outcast so keep your eyes peeled for that it's still being there's some rigmarole that's happening with it but yeah that's that's kind of where we're at i guess over in outcast land dig it man dig it 
sir. That's pretty much it, boys and girls. Boys and squirrels. Boys and squirrels. Thank you. Well, <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you taking time out of your night, brother, and hopping on and, you know, telling how your season's been going, buddy. Oh, dude, it's always a pleasure to come on. I mean, I have my PhD in turkey stuff, so, you know, I'll talk all night, like I said. I like it, buddy. I like it. <laughs> you know I don't get old. I never get tired of talking turkey. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get off the phone, and we're going to be texting anyway. About God knows what. But, yeah, that's, I appreciate you guys having me on, as always. You're, you're a champion, buddy. sir. Yeah, I try. Appreciate you coming on.